1: To get loose and get loud. This is circa. You'll have the time of your life.
2: This is the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and
3: welcome to the Arash Markazi show, presented by this morning tribute on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Back here at Super Bowl Radio Row in downtown Phoenix with G Hey Wiley. G, a., how are you doing? Not too
2: shabby. Um,
1: went and hung out some friends last night, so I'm, I'm a little weathered. But other than that, I'm amazing. I mean, enjoying Radio Row as usual. It's, it is bumping here. So how are yeah. you, Arash?
3: I am good. I am good. Listen, I, I try to pace myself, G Hey. I uh, try not to go too hard at the beginning of the week. But yes, listen, you are in. Phoenix, Scottsdale, getting ready for Super Bowl, and again, as you mentioned, it is uh, hopping here on Radio Row. Again, a slow start to the week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, even, but then you get to Thursday and Friday, and things are uh, are jumping. Um, we had a chance to talk to a couple of people, and again, as is the case at Super Bowl Radio Row, you know, people are coming and going. Um, two people that that I'm excited about. The, the, Devon Kennard, a former USC great a linebacker uh, doing a lot to um, really you know, really give back uh, and and uh, help college students and really if you're young with the new game in terms of being able to do stuff off the field, financial, financials, that's what Devin Cunard... By the way, I grew up a Cowboys fan. His father, Derek Cunard, was an offensive lineman when the Cowboys won their last Super Bowl way, way, way back in 1996. Um, But hopefully, hopefully, the Cowboys will be back in that game soon. Uh, No, just kidding. And then we are going to talk to, you know... We, t- we have all these parties, but Mark Pollack, the CEO of the Giving Back Fund, they do a really cool party this Saturday before the Super Bowl where it's not just a party. They give back to a charity, and so when you can kind of combine the Super Bowl and kind of combine <laughs> charities, that's a fun one-two punch. So, again, uh, we're going to now play for you two conversations that we did right here on Super Bowl Radio Row. Devin Kennard, former USC great, USC linebacker and Mark Pollack, the CEO of the Giving Back Fund. As everyone knows, I am a Trojan, and Devon Kennard is one of my favorite Trojans. And I'll tell you why in a moment. But tell me, what brings you to the Super Bowl, my
0: friend? Well, I'm local, first of all. That's right. I'm born and raised here in in Phoenix, but you know, I usually always come out to to Super Bowl week, and and, uh, this year is very special to me because I'm announcing my book, It All Adds Up, Designing Your Game Plan for Financial Success. And it's a book I feel like it impacts a lot of lives, So. I'm excited uh, to for it to be coming out, and you can pre-order it now.
3: Awesome! I love it, and I'm going to give you some fun facts of why I am a big fan of you and your family. First ever Super Bowl here in Tempe, Super Bowl 30. Your father, yes, starting center, was on the offensive line for the Cowboys. Not too age. I mean, were you alive for that? Yeah, I was about four years old. Okay, (laughs) let's talk
0: about this. uh, there's a picture in Sports Illustrated with me on my dad's shoulders after they won yeah. you know, with my arm up. So that was always a special moment for me um, growing up. Because it's, it's one of the only things I remember about my dad's career because yeah, I was so young.
3: Exactly. So
0: I remember that. I remember some of his football camps he used to host. And I remember uh, racing Emmett Smith once and he let me win. So, I love uh, it. That was, that's like my claim of fame from when my dad played. It.
3: Tell me about how much Phoenix has has grown. I mean, you, you walk around this town for that first Super Bowl right down to now where it's really become this hub, you know, it's always kind of in the rotation for the final four, college football championship game, the uh, Super
0: Bowl. This is your hometown. How has it grown? It, I mean, it's crazy. When I was growing up, uh, the neighborhood my, far- uh, my parents lived, lived in Phoenix, there was like 10 houses in the whole area. Now there's probably like 5,000, uh, probably even more than that. So wow. that just gives an example of the growth that this area is having. It's one of the most popular places in I haven't seen, yeah. uh, haven't heard of too many people come to visit Arizona and not fall in love. Exactly, because uh, it's kind of being a guy who's from here, but went to went to SC. It's like a, a step down from LA in my yeah. opinion. like it. In some ways, it's better because it's more slow motion. It's not as right. hectic. The streets are a little cleaner and a little little easier to get yeah. around. So, um, you know, I think this this is a great city.
3: Yeah, you know, it's one of my favorite cities, and I will tell you why. Because, like you said, it's not as crazy. It's not, you know, there's, there's not a ton happening. Where you can go to Hollywood or South Beach, it could be a little bit too much. Um, this is why your book is coming at an amazing time with college football, college sports, not just football. You know, a lot of people are getting advice. They don't know what to do with their finances. They don't know how to navigate this. As you look at the landscape of college sports right now, tell me about that. I mean, tell me, I mean, there, there's a, the recruiting process is not just about what school you want to go to. It's about you know who can give me you,
0: you know the commercials and stuff like that. Talk about the state of college sports now. I think college athletes have to look at themselves as uh, as a business. You know, yeah. I think Jay Z said it best in, the, in his song. It's like I'm a I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman, not a businessman. That's and right. I think that's I think that's so true in the sense of like you got to look at yourself like that at a younger age. You got high school kids deciding where they want to go to school with keeping that in mind because of the amount of money they can make. So. With that comes financial literacy. I think it's a deficit that we've had, especially in sports, but really across this country, anyway. Mm. And now it's going to be magnified even more because you got kids coming out of high school who don't know Adam Adam from Eve and yeah. you know, how to figure this out. And you know they're going to be thrown large sums of money and having to navigate college sports and then professional sports. And I think if you don't give them a good foundation of what of what finances are all about, what an LLC is, Mm. how to file taxes, how if you spend all the money you make, the uh, IRS is gonna come wanting wanting their portion in taxes at the end of the year. There's just things that these kids need to kind of understand and and, a financial baseline that I think all Americans need to have that I don't think is necessarily the case.
3: What was the moment that you realized this is what you wanted to do? Because, again, it's not like you've been away from the sport for a while. I and mean, you just played recently. You can still play if you want.
0: Well, at what point did you say, listen, this is a, I want to make a book. I, I want to help people. I, I just realized the importance of it. And I think I have such a lane of impact because being a professional athlete, when I think about people who are talking about financial literacy, a lot of it is, is, older white man to yeah. be quite, quite frankly so it's like being a professional athlete and a young african-american i feel like i have um the ability to get in touch with and connect with a far vast amount of people who wouldn't connect with others the same yeah. way that i might i might be able to and I, I think there's value in that there's representation in that and i hope i can um, you know make people realize that your financial health affects your physical mental emotional and spiritual health as well and um you know once you start to understand that i hope people will take it more seriously and realize that whatever stage you are in your in your life there's things you could do to start to improve your financial well-being
3: i can imagine that there's people driving around or just like this is the perfect book for my son my daughter um is the book out now if they want to get it is a site? how can they go find your book
0: yeah so anywhere you would order books amazon etc you can order you can order the book it's called it all adds up so um, look it up, but you can also go to my website, DevonCanard I have it on my website. You can pre-order it. It officially comes out in April, okay. but um, it's up for pre-order, and it's even gonna gonna have um, an audio form. I just did the audio book, so it, um every and anywhere you can buy it, it'll be a go.
3: What is the future goal for you? Again, I mean, you you've been playing your entire life. I mean, are you um, are you done playing? Would you like to come back? What what, what is
0: your plans? I I just finished my ninth year, That's and right. I have full intentions on playing okay. on playing some more. Uh, I'm a free agent now, so we'll see how things shake out, what opportunities present themselves. But, yeah, I have full intentions on on uh, playing again. But it feels good being in a position where I graduated from USC with two degrees. I played nine years, and um, I took my financial life serious to where I'm going to play if the right opportunity comes. But I don't feel like I have to. I'm looking for the right opportunity, the right situation um, that makes it worth leaving home. I got two, two daughters at home and a wife at home that, uh, you know, it's going to make it tough to leave. So it has to be worth it.
3: What about uh, the, the a tour for the book? I mean, I, I can imagine there's a lot of teams out there, a lot of schools out there that want to contact. You give your book to the players. Uh, do you have a tour planned or something like that? like that? We can go to USC, talk to kids.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. I definitely <laughs> want to get get connected with, with USC and other universities, as well as um, the NFL and yeah. NFLPA yeah. and MLB. So uh, kind of across the board, I'm trying to, trying to get it out there because I, I think it's needed very oh, much
3: so 100% and what is it like to see your face? I mean, this is like a, a dream of me as like a journalist. I don't even, I mean, this is like amazing when you're holding that book for the first time, tell me what that felt like.
0: It's a dream come true. Yeah. You know, it's a, a book writing a book was something I always wanted to do. Yeah. And, um, one thing I'll say to anybody out there: shoot your shot. This came all started with, an, uh, with an idea. I always wanted to write a book. Then I had this concept and I, I pitched it with my marketing team. And then we found uh, we found a book agent, and then that led to, um, you know, introducing it to publishers, and we signed a book deal with Harper Collins. And next thing I know, I have a book coming out, and and uh, you know, if you told me a year and a half ago, two years that I'd have a, a book out that was uh, that was announced as Apple's most anticipated book oh, in 2023, I'd be like, you're you're nuts. But like, <laughs> that's what my reality is right now, and and uh, I hope that encourages the next person to do the same.
3: Last two questions, USC had a turnaround season. Maybe didn't finish as some people would have liked. But, again, we had a struggle there for quite some time. Your thoughts on USC? It looks like they finally got the right
0: coach in place. I think the coach is right and the culture is right. Yeah. And that's what's most important. Definitely disappointed with how it finished off. Yeah. I was mad. We went from probably a Final Four appearance to yeah, exactly. losing to losing Tulane. That's that's tough. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think stability is so important. And the finding finding that hopefully in Lincoln and I got a chance to meet him uh, during the Super Bowl last All year right. And I came out and I I believe in Mike gone a uh, funny story He's such a good dude. He picked me up from the airport My, no uh, Yeah, the, the AD at SC picked me up from the airport when I landed Super Bowl week wow. went out to lunch with him. Went and sat in his office at, um, in Heritage Hall so uh, you know that that just goes to show how he's how he's interacting and treating treating former players and uh, you know, it, it's, it's a different culture there now. And they're being very welcoming. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to be more involved. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on.
3: DevonCannard.com. De- 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 it all adds up. It comes out in April. You can pre-order the book on Amazon everywhere. Congratulations, yeah. my friend. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate
0: it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.
3: Okay, there's a lot of parties here during Super Bowl week. You know, you you, you got your uh, Playboys. you got your Maxim. you got all these things. There's one event, however that's a party for a good cause. And it's a heck of a thing when you can combine the two. Mark Pollack, the CEO of the Giving Back Fund. Um, Mark, I mean, this is such a great thing. Because again, people come to the Super Bowl that they wanna have a good time. But now, not only are they gonna have a good time, they're doing it for a good cause. Explain how you combine those two things together.
1: Well, first of all, it's not easy because we are the only party at the Super Bowl that does not and has never paid a celebrity to host or perform. Wow! And we've had A-list celebrities uh, every single year. Jamie Foxx has hosted it four times, Michael Bay has hosted it four times, Alec Baldwin, Hillary Swank, Mark Wahlberg. Wow. These are major stars. We have never, ever paid a star to host or entertain. Instead, we make a contribution to their foundation. Yeah. And so we're very proud of that fact. And uh, everybody who participates is doing it for a good reason, for either for their cause or a cause that they care about. Um, So we have the most significant and the most meaningful event during Super Bowl.
3: (laughs) Give us a sense of where this idea came from, because it's really, like you mentioned, who's who it's usually uh, you know when you talk about people um, they provide something there's usually a, a very nice home uh, that was gifted you know in terms of you know so uh, how, how did the idea to take us back to, to the first one
1: sure. well, that was 12 years ago the very first one the Giving Back Fund which is the organization that I founded with I run manages charitable foundations for athletes and entertainers all around the world And many of them have their own events all year round. You know, athletes love golf tournaments, they love bowling tournaments, they love dinners. And so 12 years ago, I decided that the Giving Back Fund itself, which is a charity, needed to do an event for itself in order to grow, in order to get bigger. And so we don't do anything small. And so I decided (laughs) if we're going to do something, let's do it right and let's do it big. So I picked Super Bowl Saturday night for this little David to go against corporate Goliaths and we st- stuck a stake in the ground 12 years ago in Tampa. Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore, who wow. were married at the time, were our first hosts. And in the second year at Michael Bay's estate in Miami Beach, it was named the number one event at Super Bowl by ESPN, the magazine.
3: Wow. And it's just grown since. And so this year's party, is it on Saturday or Friday? It's, it's always
1: on Super Bowl Saturday oh, Super Bowl night. So Saturday and we're night. A gift party. So we're between 6 and 10. So yeah. You don't miss any of the late parties, which yeah. from 9 to, to 2 a.m. Exactly. And you don't miss Lou Steinberg's party in the afternoon. Yeah. And so from 6 to 10, we sort of ruin that space. Um, it's at the most incredible estate you've ever seen in your life uh, Owned by this doctor who's the most incredible doctor you've ever heard of in your life. Yeah. This doctor is a reconstructive surgeon who in his spare time saves firefighters and first responders from cancer. Wow. He's built his own hospital here in Phoenix where he literally operates, takes out their tumors, them through radiation he saved more than 30 firefighters and this is just a sideline he has the most beautiful estate in all of paradise valley which he has donated so here's how the event works every year i go to the super bowl city and have to find the nicest estate in the city go to the owner and say do you mind if i bring 500 strangers to your house you don't know who i am and i promise they'll be good and we've had 12 straight years of the most incredible estates in america and the homeowners you know, pledge their estate. We don't pay them either. Wow. They donate to the state. and Dr. Pablo Pritchard has been incredible. He's hosted our um he's chaired our host committee wow. and he's made his entire estate in. He's a, a classically trained concert pianist wow. on top of everything else and he'll be performing like that.
3: Incredible. Um how Far in advance, do you have to plan these things. I mean, everyone's talking about next year, Las Vegas, and I mean, what that's going to be like. Has that process already begun for you?
1: Well, our day job is we're managing hundreds of foundations, okay, all around the world, including now the new Tamar Foundation. Oh, amazing! I'm sure you know about yeah, it. so we're pretty busy all year, long. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and when the summer ends, we start thinking, Oh, a super Bowl's exactly, we better find the house and we better put together the house committee. Uh, but Phoenix has been a great place yeah. for us. When it, it was here seven years ago. Uh, it was at the home of Matt and Erica Williams. Matt Williams, the famous baseball star, yep. who was a manager. And they hosted their estate. Mark Wahlberg and Michael Bay uh, were the hosts. Wow. And it raised $1.6 million. So we're hoping to break that record this year. And we'd love uh, your listeners to... To come if they're able.
3: And how can they also, you know, I mean, people want to support a good cause and they want to know about all the foundations. If you can give that site, and again, it's again, it's not just about the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, give us the uh, site first, I guess. Sure, the
1: website. Uh, website. Yeah. So it's, uh, they can either go to uh, givingback.org yeah. or biggamebiggive.com okay. and both will take you there. Um, and this year, as I said, uh, they give me Mac Fund benefits, and JJ uh, Watt, one of the co-hosts, yeah. his foundation will benefit. Anthony Anderson, the other co-host, yeah. his foundation will benefit. And Dr. Richards' an incredible, incredible work saving firefighters—it's called the Vinceer Foundation, and it will benefit as well.
3: What was it like, you know, for a couple of years there? Unfortunately, during the pandemic, when we couldn't have these events. It didn't yeah, I mean, how uh, I know you guys did a couple of things virtually, I, I believe, but again, that's We're not the metaverse. same. In the metaverse, metaverse. Um, so great to see things back. We're back here on the road, seeing all our friends we haven't seen in quite some time last year. Last time was in South Beach, even like Los, Los Angeles a year ago, slowly but surely. What was that time period like in terms of getting creative? And what is it like to be back
1: now? It's great to be back because we were able to have this for two years. Yeah. We to put, as a charity that promotes health and promotes helping people around the world, the last thing we wanted to do was hold a party and have anyone get set. Exactly. So we had to hold it for two years, and uh, this is our
3: first year band now. How? I mean, can you can you relax, or once the party's over, you can relax? I mean, usually a party you're supposed to have a good time, but this is this is your event. Uh, um, how stressful, I guess, is it this time period? Yeah, exactly. Sure.
1: Yeah. I almost wanna say can
3: I can I borrow your charger because my phone
1: <laughs> oh, is oh so blowing up. You one hundred
3: percent can juice. Oh my goodness. Once again, Mark Pollock, CEO of the Giving Back Fund. It's really a, an amazing thing combining the Super Bowl, the parties, and for a good cause. Once again, Mark, thank you so much. I Appreciate it. All right, that was Devin Kennard, Mark Pollock talking about, you know, what they're doing here at the Super Bowl. But again, as you know, G it is the Legends of Sport Friday. So when we come back, it'll be Andy Bernstein. And again, uh, he took the iconic picture, by the way, G.A., hey, when LeBron James passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to, to become the all-time leading scorer. He was right there. And I, I, I just... Not to say you know proud. I mean, you've been doing that his entire life. But the <laughs> fact that we get to talk to him each and every weekend, G-Hey, uh again, I mean, he, he's the goat of photography taking uh, take, to taking a picture of the all time leading scorer.
1: Yeah, he's a le- he's a legend of the
3: legends of. Yes, you know what I mean. Like exactly. It's so interesting to me that the podcast is called
1: um Sports Legends, but he is he's a, a legend, legend himself, right? himself. Yeah, and
3: so you know when when I'm when I'm watching that. Iconic moment take place. Of course, he's right there in the thick of things um, gee, before we go to that second segment kind of do have to give our uh, official picks. I'm gonna go Philadelphia beating Kansas City uh, Let's see here. I'm gonna say 35 35- Twenty-four, you know. So wow, that's that, a lot of points. It's <laughs> Yeah, I'm taking the over, and I'm also taking Philadelphia to uh, win and uh, cover. I mean, I I I, I like Philadelphia. To win big. Philly's still at, at two and a half, correct? You know, the lines fluctuated from yeah. one to two, two and a half. I've not seen it go beyond two and a half. Uh, but, real quick, Gia, you're a pick on the game on Sunday. I mean, Arash, I hate it when we agree. Whoa, I agree. But, but I'm not agreeing by that much. Um, I will say that Philly will win, but by a field goal. I don't, think that, I don't think that that's even a, a contest. Yeah, I think it's going to be an extremely so, yeah. close game. I'm going to go with the under, and I'm going to go with them winning by three. Yeah. By All middle. right. So, listen, you, you have it being a closer game than I do. Okay, so with that being said, let's leave it there for now. When we come back on Legends of Sport Friday, be joined by the man himself. It's Andy Bernstein. When we come back right here on the Mighty or 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
2: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clam
0: when we come around.
3: Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090. It's for the California, the Fayette, in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. What a pleasure. It's Andy Bernstein. Now, it is Legends of Sport Friday. But my friend i i i have to let you know i'm i'm watching lebron do his thing from my hotel room wishing i was there we were talking about being at the super bowl together and you were like the stars are not going to align my friend i'm going to have to follow lebron james we are talking to you the the day after the morning after just set the scene you know it's going to be a historical night you look around courtside and there's kareem there's magic there's his family you've shot so many of these m- moments take us through that scene what is that like for you
2: well it was uh, it was a madhouse last night I got to tell you the last time I saw that kind of gathering of celebrities and former Laker legends um I, I think probably was Kobe's last game April yeah. 13 2016. um you know it kind of took me back last night to when i went to las vegas as a young fledgling sports photographer oh, april wow. 5th 1984 to photograph hopefully photograph kareem breaking wilt's record he needed 22 points going into that game so it was much do- more doable than yeah. lebron needing 35 to reach kareem's number um but i was a nervous wreck then and fast forward 39 years i was a nervous wreck last night because a First of all, you don't know if it's going to actually happen. Yeah. B, you don't know if it's going to happen on the side that you're shooting on, <laughs> right? And if it doesn't, you have to be prepared, you know, for the alternative mm-hmm. of it happening on the other side of the court, which it actually did. And and for me, honestly, it laid out better that way. Um, you don't want to get blocked. You want to get the shot. You know, there was the pre-production meetings. There was all kinds of uh, planning ahead, which of course none of it happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know like a creeper all on the court as you saw it was it was literally like you know some team won the championship and everybody <laughs> ran on the court which wasn't supposed to happen um but you know i i got pretty sharp elbows from a lot of years doing this garage so i got up there front and center and you know it was it was gratifying for me honestly first of all i was super happy for him amazing athlete incredible accomplishment well, it was very gratifying for me to know that I truly believe that I was the only media member in attendance last night who actually documented either wrote about photographed uh, shot in any way, Kareem's accomplishment breaking Wilt's record and then LeBron breaking Kareem. so you know, it was a little bit of a nostalgic boost, but it was also like, wow, I've been doing this a while. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, to do all the back of the house behind the scenes stuff afterwards was super cool. And he was very gracious and, and very, I think he was very emotionally spent at the end of the night. Um, it was a great moment. And, and of course it was, it had to be somewhat a little bittersweet, I think for Kareem, although he was incredibly gracious and, uh, and humble about it you know and passing the torch literally like passing yeah (laughs) so it was a wonderful wonderful night overall i'm exhausted today but (laughs) life goes on
3: (laughs) because of social media i mean i think you really get to get a sense sometimes what the what the picture is that moves the needle and it was your picture of the crowd and i love those kind of pictures andy you know because you see lebron but you know, you kind of zoom in on everyone's facial reactions (laughs) and, um, okay. So you shoot that picture, it goes out and everyone's posting it. And I said, I bet you, I bet every last dollar I have (laughs) that Andy Burstein took that picture and you did. Um, tell us about that shot again. I I think think what makes it so great is the reactions and his, his kids, by the way, God bless Phil Knight. No picture, no camera phone. He's just enjoying the moment. Just paint the picture, if you can, what that's like to shoot that shot.
2: Well, um, if I had missed it, we wouldn't be talking today.
0: So
2: <laughs> it was, and I probably, I might have retired, but it's one of those moments in my career, Rosh, that, um, you know, there's just no question I, I have to get it. I mean, you know, Kyrie's game winner, how many Kobe game winners were there? Um you know, gold medal games, uh, NBA five covered, you know, 40 NBA finals. So there's always been that moment when the team wins the championship at some point, they're going to win it. Somebody's going to win it. Yeah. Um, but it was electric in the building. I mean, he only, he, he, he missed a bunch of shots in the first quarter. I think it was just very tight. And, yeah. and, you know, I, I kind of harken back to Kobe in his final game where he just couldn't hit a shot. Remember yeah. in the beginning yes, of the first, no. first half of the first quarter. No. Um, and then he found his groove and I can't say the guys on the team were really looking to him. Um, he was just part of the offense. And uh, even when it got close, um, there's, there's a great, I, I read a, a great comment that somebody made on my photo that you see Thomas Bryant literally calling for the ball. <laughs> yes, yes. No, he's not basketball, <laughs> Thomas. That <Not> happened. <laughs> but you know, to have everybody there and Phil Knight, I had a nice chat with him actually afterwards, as we were waiting for the Le- finish the press conference. And, and uh, he said, he said to me, so <laughs> so you know, the Lebron James building at the Nike campus, uh, and. You know he's an incredible story in himself we've covered him on my podcast not him personally but people who have told his story and of course lebron's story is an amazing story itself
3: so big week in los angeles not just the lebron i mean that is the story but if you're a kings fan you know there, there, there's nothing like winning those two stanley cups 2012 2014 and the captain himself dustin brown is going to be there getting his number retired and and really the man who kind of helped put this team together and my favorite king the one i grew up with luke robitaille your guest this week is a classic you have so many of these classics again we know you for the showtime lakers and kobe shack and whatever you you've shot kings for just as long perhaps andy talk about luke talk about your time with the kings
2: well, I, I got to tell you, in your audience, and secretly a gigantic hockey fan. In okay. case people don't know, I grew up a Ranger fan, went to almost every home game from nine years old to when I went to college with my dad. Um, came out to LA to go to Art Center, and the the only sports organization that would give me access when I was like like a freshman at Art Center was with the LA Kings, and. Uh, I'm forever grateful. I mean, I've been shooting the LA Kings since 1978. Yeah. And as I've been wow. their team photographer pretty much pretty much for over 40 years. So um, near and dear to my heart, that moment in 2012, I'm not sure if you were there at Staples, what was uh, then Staples was, Center. Yeah. But, okay, so this to, you remember, to see Dustin Brown hoist the Stanley Cup on LA Kings ice on the emblem, yeah. um, I mean, myself, and and, and the, the core base of Kings fans, of which there's probably seven or eight thousand fans that go back to the forum, go back to oh. A guy was holding a sign behind my photo. I remember said, "Now I can die." You know, because it's like that's how serious it was. I mean, none of us thought it would happen, and to see it happen, it was—I was incredibly emotional about it. Honestly, um, you know, Dustin being a wonderful guy, my relationship with the organization. I knew Luke Robitaille when he was—I photographed him when he was a rookie. Wow. Right, French Canadian could not speak English. And did not have a driver's license. So the guy, you know, is basically a teenager living with Marcel Dion, who's driving him back and forth to practice, to the game at the forum, to the airport. He's learning English. And look how far that guy has come. Hall of famer, greatest left wing in the history of the game. Um, I chased him when he was chasing Johnny Busick's uh, record for most goals by a left winger, which actually happened in Edmonton. And, you know, Luke has been, he's a great friend and, and an ambassador for the sport. Um, you know, he's been a great, he and his wife, Stacia, have done so much um, in, in charitable, different endeavors that they do, um, and, and wonderful family. Yeah. So um, to have Luke on the podcast a few years ago and then to re-release it this week, yeah. um, Justin Brown. Who's going to have his number retired, be up there in the rafters. And and by the way, there's going to be a statue dedicated to Dustin. Oh, it's well. amazing. Yes. It so it's that, cool. Very cool.
3: That is so cool. Uh, well, listen, I am here at the Super Bowl. You were supposed to be here, but you are chasing <laughs> history. Um, we're really hoping to do this with you next year at the Super Bowl. But again, as I'm looking around me, Andy, there's all these podcasts here. And you have one of the best podcasts. Again, tell people how they can hear your podcast. Again, it's a great mix. Of, of of current, but also the the, the great conversations that you've had, with the late great Kobe Bryant with Magic mm-hmm. with all these. Tell people about your podcast.
2: Thanks, Rosh. Yeah, I wish I was there with you, my friend. <laughs> um, I feel like our Legends of Sport podcast could really um, kind of add to and amplify what's going on uh, at Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, you know, our focus is on legendary athletes, moments, teams even venues and personalities around sports. So across six years, almost 200 episodes now, 200 interviews. Um, I've interviewed people across the board of sports, you know, like you said, Magic Kobe, but also owners like Peter yeah. Goober and famous athletes, you know women athletes, you know maybe obscure sport um, personalities. I've had a couple of super fans on, George Lopez was on, Um, and it's super fun for me because I get to have a long-form conversation with somebody that I either am very good friends with, like James Worthy, who you and I talked about last week, was my guest, or somebody I don't really know that well, or not that familiar with their career, and part of the fun is actually doing the research, I have a fantastic producer um, named Eugenia Chow, my My social media guy, Michael Romanelli, is unbelievable, in what he can he can uh, you know uncover about people's careers, and we can talk about. And um, you know, that was actually funny last night with Phil Knight because I was telling him stuff about Nike that he didn't remember. Oh. <laughs> he goes, "Oh, how you know that?" I said, "Well, I, I talked to your historian, and he, he actually told me about it." You know. He's very, very nice. So I'm going to try to get him on the podcast because, you know, his book, Shoe Dog is unbelievable. The Legends of Sport, our home base is iHeart, but you can find us on Apple, Spotify and everywhere else. Also, our YouTube channel, which is really kind of getting a lot of traction now because we're recording all our podcasts on video.
3: You also have a great workshop coming. And again, I love that it's a, a lot of these great moments are happening in real time. So again, you, 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 you could talk about your great pictures of Showtime Lakers and Kobe, but again, like your portfolio continues to grow and grow and grow. Talk about the workshop as well. By the way, a lot of the amateur photographers, if you zoom into your picture, Andy, everyone's shooting on their phone these days. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know it's funny a lot of my journalists friends and you'll appreciate this because if you were there last night you'd be one of them. I would have been doing the same thing <laughs> They got some great content i am like wow you shot that with your phone <laughs> Anyway um, yeah thanks for letting me uh, talk a little bit about my workshop it's called Beyond the Lens and um, you can you can find it online at beyondthelens.live and it's a 12-part interactive workshop um, Live workshop. So there'll be 12 12 consecutive weeks where I will talk about my career, um, all the tenants of the Mamba mentality, which went into kind of developing um, this workshop, everything I learned from Kobe, everything I learned along the way of 40 plus years in the business. It's not a kind of how to like take pictures, so to speak, workshop. It's not that kind of thing. More about life lessons, business, motivation um learning how to instill trust in your client and and, and longevity um, all the things that have made my career successful quite frankly and people will be able, be able to interact um, which is a little bit different than the standard master class which is a wonderful but it's a prepackaged kind of video thing and you don't get to ask somebody a question like myself so no. i'm excited we're putting it together it's taken form going to launch in june and we're running a special um, until uh, we can get it filled up, called uh, right, It's it's under uh, Beyond the Lens. Sorry, Beyond the Lens. Live. Beyond the Lens. Live. Check it out, and uh, I'll see you guys in June. By the way, you were in
3: Florida as well. You're 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 like all over the place. So Bruce Springsteen, but then you you, you shoehorned in some work as well. Yeah, the NHL the, the, um, All-Star game was there. First of all, <laughs> I I love how Bruce really brings people together. We 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 have some friends who were just, no matter what they're doing in their life, I mean, it, it, if you can, maybe if you can talk about that connection again, he, he, he had not toured in, I guess, six years. Okay. What was the show like? <laughs>
2: Well, I'm a Bruce fanatic. Um, a lot of people can say that, and I, I'm part of that army of Bruce fans. Um, I go back to, to seeing him first in 1978, when I had to sneak a camera in on one leg and the lens in on the other leg, and <laughs> the film down in my any pocket that you know wasn't going to be searched. And um, that you know when I saw him in his last show, North American show, which uh, was at Foxborough in 2016. And it's just been a long waiting game, man, because of COVID and everything else. That's and right. Finally, 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 he announced the tour. And opening night was in Tampa a week ago today. And, of course, I, I had to be there. Yeah. And so I went with my very, very good friend, Chris Bodakin, a former Laker ball That's boy, right. by the way. And uh, we ended up going with Chris and Pat Riley. That's you know? awesome. And we're sitting with the Rileys, having a great time. And... Um, Bruce just unbelievable, man. I mean, it's 73 years old. I, the guy is still bringing it. Um, my 15-year-old daughter said to me, she said, Dad, is it, you know, you go and see Bruce. It's is, is kind of like a religious experience. I said, oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm taking her to Portland in a couple okay. of weeks. Her first Bruce show. Wow. So Bruce is, is like millions of others. He has spoken to me. He has inspired me, continues to. You know, I'm going to be 65. He's 73. He's going so, out there doing almost three-hour shows every other night for a year, <laughs> I mean, and it's just so amazing. And and the music, you know, there are benchmarks in my life that really I only was able to get through honestly because of his music. And yeah. and but you know, he's meant to me. So I appreciate you bringing that up. The NHL All-Star Game was kind of like a flyby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of like a little bit of an excuse to get to Florida. <laughs> I was really going to see Bruce. <laughs>
3: yeah, I love that picture because I saw Chris and Pat, and I'm like, oh, like what a, what a group there. My yeah. last couple questions for you: What is when you have a, a night like you did with LeBron and you shoot these amazing shots and a lot of players, and I, I felt the same way. But like, you can't go to sleep that night. Tell me what it's like when you get back home. Are you still on that high of like? what a moment like tell me what that is like for you
2: oh for sure man i i mean i can equate that with so many times in my (laughs) in my career um you know fine nba finals game that somebody won the championship it's it's an all-nighter basically kobe's last game um kirk gibson's home run game you know so many uh and, you know, I, I suffer from kind of a, a lower back issue. So my back was shot last night. I mean, just before I came to see you now um, to come on, you know, your Zoom, I, I just spent an hour and a half with my trainer just stretching. getting wow. You know, so I can – I have three more games this week. Yeah. Tonight, Tyree makes his debut with Dallas. Tomorrow, I got a laker game friday i got a clipper game then i get to you know put my feet up for the super bowl and watch it at home but um (laughs) no it's it was it's 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 cathartic um of course i want to see what i shot which is a lot different than back in the day like when kareem broke Bill's record i didn't see that film (laughs) film literally i was working for newsweek magazine i had to package that film up put it on an airplane that night At mccarran airport in, in las vegas because i had to go to new york to get developed and printed wow. so you know th- it's a much better scenario now with at least not having the anxiety of did i get it did I didn't get it you can see almost instantly if you got what you got so and to be in the mix and be part of it was uh was amazing for me
3: yeah i'm just uh, just so thrilled it was so cool to watch that moment and then you're right there andy you're right there. Not only do we see your pictures, we see you on the court. Um, but it was one of those moments that, you know, you we weren't quite sure when it would come, whether it was Tuesday or Thursday. Glad it happened. I'm sure you're glad it happened. You can kind yeah. of, you know, move on. But, uh, again, yeah. Legends of Sport Friday, Luke. I mean, Luke is my one of my favorite players. You, you guys are going to get a real thrill, again, uh, all where you can get your podcast podcast mm-hmm. platforms. My friend, wish you were out here. I know I will see you back in Los Angeles soon. I know you'll, you'll be here. You can get, this is a priority, my friend. Le- yeah. Legends of Sport podcast needs to have a table at the Super Bowl. Um, can't wait to have you there. Can't wait to hang out with you again, but thank you so much.
2: This is
0: the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we worry brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about a brother got smoked by thing Turn a blouse on a blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep them guessing. Leave bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. More to be free than a life in the pen. Making money over cuss words, writing again. Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen. Late night, down sunset, like in the scene. What's the worst they could do to a player? Got me lost in hell. To live and die in that LA. On bail. My to live people say. And die in LA, the place to, be. to live and die
2: in LA.
0: To live and die in LA. To live and die in LA.